Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shades Family Ministry Podcast, a conversation with today's parents around raising the church of tomorrow. I'm your host, Jeremy Horton. I'm back with Haley Hill. Haley, what's up? Hello, how are we? I mean, I'm asking you, how are you? I'm fantastic. You're fantastic. Fantastic. On this afternoon day. Yes, we are after lunch, so we've had a little concern. Are we going to be draggy? We're like, what's going to happen? Well, we are really excited to welcome uh, the mother-daughter duo, Kelly Sellers and Kara McCollum. Y'all excited to be here with us? Yeah, we're pumped. It's going to be fun. It's a treat to be with y'all in the middle of the day. Oh. <laughs> and how does Any it feel? Any time of the day. Any time, time of the day. Any right. time. It's a great. treat. Yes. There you go. How does it feel to be on, on something like this together as a mother and a daughter? So fun. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. Mom's the best. My girl. It's going to be a fun day. It's going to be great. Well, we're really excited to have you guys and really excited to wade into the topic that we're going to be getting into in this episode, which is this partnership that happens between the church and the family. And mm-hmm. we're, we're calling this, pot, this, this episode of the podcast, uh, It Takes a Village, because uh, we really believe that, that God designed the church and the family to work in tandem with one another and to support one another. And y'all's story is a little bit about that. So but before we jump into the story, we want to hear a little bit about your family. So Karen, let's start with you. Tell us about your family. Okay. Um, I have two wonderful girls. My oldest is Carly. She is almost 30 and has is married to Zach Littlefield and for almost five years. And they just had their first baby girl, my first grandchild. Okay, so what do we talk about? Every conversation. Names. What is your grandmother's name? We have Oh no. I know, and you and I even talked about this earlier. And and I I really I feel like we should go with the one that I that I voted for. <laughs> what did you, you had a voice for, in this conversation? I, I want to know what your opinion Shh. is. I did. She did. You say it. Um, no, you say it. I, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> I, Come on. I think uh, you. Yeah. Okay. Yes, KK for that too. KK is so okay. cute. Yes. It, I think it. I think it will be KK. I told my girls to decide. It was between two, so maybe that's where we are. Yeah. Tell us about the rest of your okay. family. Okay. So that's that's my oldest, um, and then I have Kelly, who. Um, is 27 and just recently married Blake Sellers in March, and both of my girls are just a delight. They have been um, a sweet, precious joy their entire lives. I say the Lord just knew I was going to need two sweet girls, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what he gave me. And if you guys don't know uh, this family at all, there's a lot of crying that's going to happen in the next <laughs> however long, and it almost just happened already. It did. <laughs> did. <laughs> I like to say we have the gift of tears. The gift of tears. Yes. It makes it positive. It That's a good gift. That's and good gift. she comes by it honestly. It's my <laughs> That's fault. True. And That's I'm true. apologizing already. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't apologize for it. All right, Kelly, tell us about your newly formed family. Yes. So like mom said, um, one sister, brother-in-law, and Elizabeth is my new little niece. And mm-hmm. she's perfect. We love her so much. And then Blake and I got married in March. And he so is sweet. the best. So, so precious. And um, we are going to have a little nephew on his side of the family in January. So now we get one of each, and we're so excited. Aww. Aunt and Uncle Life is so fun. So, so fun. Do you have an aunt name? Oh, gosh. I guess just Aunt Kelly. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, we're really excited <laughs> to have you guys uh, with us in this conversation. And, man, the the partnership between the church and the family is really uh, a narrative that runs through your story. And so we do. We want to spend a little bit of time just hearing some about, about your story. And, Karen, we want to start with you. 
Um, and, and there's all kinds of dynamics and there's all kinds of details in that story. Um, but what we do know is uh, you found yourself in a place where you were raising two girls on your own. And, uh, and it really puts you in, in a situation where you had to lean on the church in some pretty incredible ways. So just tell yes. us a little bit about that, some of the feelings that were involved in that. Um, give us a little bit of a picture of what that was like. Okay. Um, well, I remember very distinctly the night and then the next morning that I found myself trying to wrap my head around exactly that, that I was going to potentially be raising my girls on my own. Um, needless to say, I didn't have any details on what that would look like, what help I would need, what help I would have or not have. Um, so there was instantly a significant amount of fear of what things would look like uh, financially, logistically, practically. Um, and that fear hit pretty hard and fast. Um, the thought of all the unknowns and what step I should take next, all just very overwhelming. Um, my mind just kind of constantly raced, but then in the same breath, I was almost feeling paralyzed mm. because I just mm. didn't know what to do next. You know, you hear people talk about that quote unquote pit in your stomach. It's mm -hmm. very, very real. Mm. Um, and how, the, how old were the girls at this point? They were fourth grade and sixth grade. Okay. So, um, and at the same time that all that hit, there was also the realization that my precious girls would likely be the product of a broken home. Um, the loss and hurt for them and the stigma that society attaches to that mm -hmm. um, was very, very sad and very heavy. Um, so like I said, they were fourth grade and sixth grade, and they were heavily involved here at church and at school, and they both danced at Briarwood and all I could really think about was trying to just keep everything as normal and positive as I could. Mm -hmm. um, I just told myself, okay, let's just minimize the impact. Mm -hmm. um, so practically to me, that meant staying connected to their friends, those activities, and just keeping their routines intact. Um, I can't overemphasize just how important their sweet friends and their sweet friends' parents were they stepped in over and over um, at any given moment just to help out? Uh, I also attempted to continually speak truth to them that their perfect Heavenly Father was exactly that, hmm. He was perfect, and that our trust and obedience in Him had absolutely nothing to do with our circumstances. So we just kept trying to do the next thing, and all we could really tackle was one step at a time, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. So that's just how I had to proceed, just a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kelly, how about for you? I mean, you would have been in fourth grade mm -hmm. at the time. Just mm -hmm. walk us through a little bit of those feelings, the experience. Um, share that with us. Yeah, so honestly, like what mom was talking about, about just trying to keep things as normal as possible and minimize the impact I didn't even know at the time that that was her goal, but it, like, she was doing it so well mm -hmm. because um, at first I didn't really fully like understand or realize what was going on, and it took me a while to understand and to really know what was happening. Um, I had, you know, known people at school um, who had divorced parents or broken homes, um, and like thought about that a certain way, and then I remember a day when I started to realize that 
that concept now apply to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really hard mm-hmm. to kind of like think about that as, you know, part of like who you are now and part of your story. But um, so much of it was, and this here's what he's talking about. Here's the tears. <laughs> Don't apologize for it. No, anyway, it's the gift. It's the gift of tears. Um, so anyway, I think just um, in the day by day though, um, everything was pretty, I mean, similar to what it had been because we were involved in all the same things. We were hanging out with our friends. We were at the church all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was where I wanted to be. All my mm-hmm. closest friends at school were my friends from church. And so, um, for the most part, especially at that, at that time in life. And so, um, I was spending a lot of time with them and their families and I loved that. And that was so fun. And none of it was because you know, they were like feeling bad for us. I don't think, I think they were just like being wonderful friends mm-hmm. and being like family to us. Mm-hmm. And so yes. people just stepped in and filled the gaps. And so that was fun and exciting to, you know, sp- spend the night with friends and, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and mom worked here at church. And so we got to spend extra time here at the church around the offices and with the staff. And it was really fun. We always loved being here. This is a place we always wanted to be and enjoyed. And so, um, that was really special. So it was definitely hard at the beginning. It just took a while to understand and realize, mm-hmm. and everything was just like kind of going along pretty well because mom was doing such a great job of stabilizing things, mm-hmm. and so many people were there to help. Mm-hmm. That's so, really so good. It was, huge. Yeah. it was huge. I did not realize they were that old. I yeah. thought they were younger. Mm-mm. Yeah, they were that old. Yeah. I think I've talked to Karen about this a few times, but I think. One of my favorite things about this story is Karen's gentle, quiet spirit of that actually represents how much strength mm-hmm. um, that her quietness and trust is her salvation. Mm-hmm. And I love the mindset of when you were in fear and paralyzed, the first thing God gave you was normalcy. Yes. And the one of the first things you learned was this is a new normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very sweet, Haley. I mean, I literally just didn't know what else to do. Mm. It was just it was just out of desperation just yeah. to mm. not knowing anything else yeah. to do, but just pray and trust and put one foot in front of the mm-hmm. other. And I don't think, you know, Karen even really knows um how rare it is in a situation where there is a broken family to yes. respond the way she did. And yes. you I, you know something about that. I'm going to yes. call you, I'm yeah. going to put the light on you for a moment. Yeah. Uh, what is the propensity usually in those situations, like the response? What what, what have you seen and, and how is Karen's response so oh, different Oh, her from that? response and Kelly and Carly's response, I am a person who does not invite a victim mentality and I try to... When I'm talking to people from hard backgrounds, to change that mindset, and I just never felt that from them mm-hmm. that it was a victim mentality. And once we go into the victim mentality, um, the abuse that I came from was also—I mean, it was outside of the home—and um, taking that mentality of I'm a victim, I can't get out of this, I'll never, my mind will never get past this, can overwhelm us to a point that impacts future generations. Mm. So what I see in younger families is 
a victim mentality from the parent that passes to the children that then infiltrates their relationships with friends and Hmm. future spouses. Hmm. He said, make it normal, keep them on their schedules. Mm -hmm. That is so practical. Yeah, yeah. That he can give us a practical step. Hmm. That's really good. I think um, it's incredible to be able to move by faith from a place of being a victim Mm -hmm. to trusting in God's hand and Him giving you just the right next step. And that's what I I heard you mention. Yes. um, It's just taking the right next step, doing the right best next thing you know to do in a situation where the hurt and the pain is real. Mm -hmm. Um, Right, right. And moving on from it doesn't make it doesn't make it go away. Um, so talk about that a little bit. I mean, what was it like for you knowing you had to take these next steps, but also knowing that there, I mean, the wound was fresh. Um, who, who played a role in that? How did you process that? Walk us through that a little bit. Well, I just, I think that the biggest thing I did was to just keep investing in the girls and making that normalcy continue mm-hmm. on. Um, and I just, think I did it automatically. Mm. I don't think that I thought much about what I needed for myself because mm-hmm. the thing that meant the most to me was making it the best I could make it for them. Mm. So, um, of course, I had wonderful friends. I mean, when all this happened, I was on staff here, and I was here for almost 20 years. And, and they just wrapped the three of us up, and they wrapped us up so tightly, and they loved us so fiercely. And I couldn't have imagined just the depth of compassion and encouragement and assistance. Um, the same was true for the congregation. I mean, I've been here at Shade since 1984, summer, so mm-hmm. 39 years with mm-hmm. the staff that was family to me. I mean, I always said I felt like I was leaving my one home and coming to my second home. Wow. Um, and so we had people anonymously prepay for our haircuts. Mm. Like we would go and get our haircuts, and I would go to pay, and she would say, wow. no, it's already been taken wow. care of. Um, one time someone at VBS years ago just drove up through drop-off at VBS, handed someone on staff an envelope with $100 in it, and that said, just find Karen and give it to her, and so they did. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that all these anonymous, sweet people who gave to us, I never knew who you were, but I thank you. Mm -hmm. If you're listening, I just we just want to say thank you because it was precious and priceless. Um, We had people make donations so they could go on New Wind Choir Tour mm-hmm. or to camp, you know, just yeah. so many things. To um, continue their normalcy. To continue yeah. the normalcy. Yeah. Yes, I had car repairs and, I mean, I, that needed to be done. And four amazing men got together and made sure that either I had a different car or my car got fixed. And wow. it was just over and over. Mm-hmm. Um Lots of hours walking and miles walked and talked with a dear friend like a sister who has so much wisdom and discernment, just keeping me grounded mm-hmm. and keeping me going and keeping us going. So it was mm-hmm. just, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't say it enough. 
And this really what we want to talk about in this conversation is, Karen, where you just went, uh, Mm -hmm. the church and the opportunity the church has to be the larger family to the smaller families that God has designed and brought together whatever they look like uh, in whatever place they find themselves in. The church has this opportunity. Kelly, for you, uh, how did the church kind of step in when you found yourself uh, in the position you were in? Yeah, so... Um, obviously in a lot of the ways that mom just mentioned and things that I didn't even have to be worrying about, but people, people just cared for, for us. Um, and then for, for me personally, from like, I guess the, the kid or the teenager perspective at the time, um, I had so many friends and their families who were just available. And, um, you know, if mom was out of town with Carly for the, you know, Wind or, yeah. yeah, mission trip or camp or whatever it was. If I was, you know, the younger sibling and couldn't go on that trip, then I could spend the week with some friends and their family and and just be a part of their family for the week, you know. And that was so much fun to me um, because my friends were so special and, and their parents were like second parents to me. You know, I, I have a list full of people that I could say are like my, quote, second parents, mm-hmm. um, second and third and fourth and seventeenth. <laughs> you know, like it just goes on and on because people just cared for us in those ways. And like I said earlier, you know, being able to be up here with moms sometimes like after school or in the summers when we were out of school and to, you know, feel so much a part of the family here, even on staff, um, that we could just go down the hall and go visit people. And they were... Like so thrilled to see us and chat with us, or we could go down to the CLC and hang out and play games and wait for mom to be done with work. But we loved it. It was never, it was never a bummer in any way mm-hmm. to be here doing that because these people were our people. You mm-hmm. know, the ones on staff, the ones in the congregation. Like mom said, just the whole church family as a whole was truly like family to us. Hmm. I just love the heart of this so so much, and the and the outlook that God allowed you to set that home in. Mm-hmm. And I will say too, I'm, I'm forever grateful for the people who also like, you know, like mom mentioned, she had friends that she could go walking with and that would keep mm-hmm. her grounded. And I had people too, that were a step ahead of me in life, investing in me to, to help me figure out how to walk through some of these things. Cause it wasn't always roses, let's be clear. But yeah. mm-hmm. also, you know, our, our foundation was solid yes. because there were people that were walking alongside us and lifting us up and carrying us through. And so, you know, like Heather Bishop, who worked in our student ministry at that time, was my girls minister growing up. And so she was huge for me, you know, mm-hmm. being able to go to her and talk with her and and for her to be able to provide wisdom for me. Um, my D group leader, you know, all of those kinds of people who were mm-hmm. regularly pouring into my life made a huge, huge difference. Yes. So it's yeah. so important. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important, too, that you guys have exemplified what it looks like to be really honest and open with what happened and the hurts mm-hmm. you were feeling and the story that God was walking you through. You didn't try to hide it or kind of brush over or keep it to yourselves in a way that made you carry a burden that you couldn't carry, but you really let the church be which, the church. Which I really think took a lot of stress off of Karen. Mm-hmm. And if we're being honest, every home is a broken home. Yes. And whether the brokenness is really on display because of a, a terrible choice that someone has made, 
um, every person in that home is mm-hmm. broken and in need of a savior yep. and in need of grace. Mm-hmm. Yep. So true. And the thing that the church can do is really exemplify and give space for that family to come broken, mm-hmm. not put together, right. not prettied up, mm-hmm. you know, not with yes. this mask on, but to be really who they are mm-hmm. in need of the grace of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and together encourage one another, build one another up in yes. love, as you were saying. It's mm-hmm. really what we see in the book of Acts when we see kind of the first like picture, this zoom out happens. I love these verses. These I verses have read good. these. <laughs> oh, I just, I love how this is worded. I well, why don't this. you read them for us? <gasps> oh, I feel so honored. <laughs> And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. I want to I be a part of that. I do, too. Yes. That is, that. had all things in common. That's right. As the passage even goes on, it talks about how as each one had need, they gave to one another. Mm-hmm. They met each other in their need. They provided for each other. They were with each other. I, I don't believe that was just physical need, but it had to have been emotional need and burdens they were carrying and even persecution they were mm-hmm. facing for having confessed who Jesus was yep. and, and believing in who Jesus said he was going to be. Um, so... I I want to kind of toss this passage out on the table a little bit. When you look at this passage, what are some of the characteristics maybe the three of y'all have experienced in your own stories that you see reflected in this passage that really give definition for what the church should be as it supports and upholds the family? The very first thing that stuck out to me was the love and devotion to God's Word Mm. starting individually. Mm Mm-hmm. They right. loved it individually mm-hmm. and then moved it to the people within their homes and then moved it outside of their homes. Mm-hmm. And if there is anything I have a soapbox on, yeah. it is what my husband has taught me about raising a family, and that is it starts with me loving God's Word, being devoted to that, mm-hmm. passing it to the people within my walls, and then moving outside of my walls. Mm-hmm. That's how we build the community where they all had things in common, which I love how that's worded. It's so good. I love it. I love it. That was the first thing that hit me, was loving his word individually. That's good. How about for y'all? Well, um, I think we do a wonderful job here. I'm just like plugging first shades because (laughs) we do a... That is allowed. Well, I mean, I've lived it. It's been done for me. And so I just think we do a fabulous job of that, um, promoting the development of deep... Um, lasting real relationships. We do it with our small groups. We do it with D groups for students, for adults, um, in choir and rem- women's ministry, mm-hmm. uh, men's ministry. Um, we always talk about the 2 a.m. friends, finding those people and living life with those people mm-hmm. in all of life. Yep. The hard stuff, people loving the Lord, loving the word, and, and fostering that in themselves and in their families. And it just spreads like it's Mm -hmm. supposed to. Mm -hmm. So That's good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think um, something that I was thinking about from this passage is just the heart being about other people more than it is about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I think Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, the way that they were, I love the word devoted here, Mm -hmm. because there is like a commitment to each other as a part of the body of Christ together and a commitment to looking out for the needs of other people more so than your own. Um, and so I think like for for me, I experienced so much of other people seeking how they could care for the needs of, of me and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. 
And I, I hope, though, that in the process, I was able to care for other people's needs, even if it wasn't, you know, a lot of, like, tangible things I was mm-hmm. able to do as a fifth grader, you know, mm-hmm. but but to be the kind of friend that this passage is talking about um, for other people and to to show up for them the way that they've showed up for me. Mm-hmm. And what I love about you, even talking about that as a fifth grader, is what we see in the passage is they were all together. Mm-hmm. They had all things in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not just talking about like mom and dad dropping kids off at the daycare and going and being involved in community, but mm-hmm. we see the the fifth graders, we see the kids, the family units themselves, a part of the church together. There's engagement. There's there's an opportunity to love God and love His Word together. And the, the resulting promise of that is that they saw signs and wonders mm-hmm. being done around them. They saw God moving and working in the fact that all of them were all in, that yep. they were leading their families to worship, to time together, to fellowship, to prayer together with their burdens. The mm-hmm. word prayer there literally means to carry burden with one another. So they're going and they're praying together. So mm-hmm. as we're talking about kind of the beautiful vision that the Word of God puts forward for us as we think about the partnership between the family and then the church, the family of God. Um, And what would you guys say to parents uh, today who are balancing and struggling this constant pull with everything their kids are involved in and everything they're they're involved in, this pull, this this, um, need to make this decision of where that family is going to spend their time, where are those kids going to invest? And they feel the tension between sports and mm-hmm. church, and they mm-hmm. feel the tension between uh, schoolwork and, and all the different different dynamics and components to that at every age. Just give some wisdom, maybe some advice, some encouragement uh, to parents who are trying to navigate, navigate that. Kelly, let's start with you. So I would say um, that it's so real. Like there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that is, like you said, fighting for families' times, uh, for families' time, um, and... I can honestly say growing up personally that, I mean, we we were busy. Like, we had a lot going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I didn't sleep a whole lot in high school. But, um, but it was very important for us that the thing that we didn't sacrifice was church because I can honestly say that out of all of those things, whether it was in middle school or as a, a child or in high school or even college or as an adult, the thing that I have loved and that has shaped me more than anything is the church. Mm. And so, I mean, there there are so many times that I can think of. I remember one specific time as a senior in high school telling mom, you know, I honestly, like I, I was getting ready to go off to college and I was, you know, thinking about all of these things. And I was like, mom, I am so sure that I would not be who I am today without this church. Mm. And I couldn't say that Mm -hmm. the same way about anything else. Not that everything else I was involved in wasn't fun and wonderful, and Mm. I loved it, and there were impactful Mm -hmm. things about that. But the thing was the church and how it shaped me. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't. I wouldn't sacrifice that for anything, you know? Um, And it's so special because out of all of these things that you can be involved in, the church is the only one that God chose to accomplish His mission. That's right. Mm. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's not just something to be involved in. It is the thing. Mm -hmm. It's the point. And so um, if, if there's something you've got to sacrifice... Don't don't let it be the church, mm-hmm. and you can't do every single thing, right. and that is okay. Mm-hmm. And if we're all doing our job, and we're devoted to His Word first, we become provision 
for people. Mm-hmm. We become something that yes. is removed because of sin or circumstance or just living in a fallen world. We become provision. Karen, what would you say to, to parents listening? Well, I don't know what to say on top of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I can say without a doubt that we would not have had the same scenario or outcome without these people, mm-hmm. without this church. And countless people just came around, wrapped their arms around my girls and loved them like they were their own children. And might I say, it was not just wonderful women. It was amazing godly men Mm -hmm. who stepped up and showed my girls um, what it was like to be um, special and to be loved. And it was just worth it was just priceless. Mm. Um, they knew always that they had extended family, no matter what. Um, and as a parent, I would love to actually plead with parents, um, please do not neglect um, the church for your kids. Mm-hmm. Please do not stack the deck against your kids. Um, their challenges are so incredibly real and hard, and they need to know that you have their backs and that you're going to stack the deck in their favor mm-hmm. and not against them. Um, it just just, it just means so much for them to know that you're behind them. Um, and, of course, the Lord's never going to let us down. Mm. And, um, Haley, your word provision, I cannot say how many times I have mentioned and said that word mm-hmm. because that's exactly what the Lord was for us in just every step we took what this church was for us. That's the exact plan he has Mm -hmm. for the church. That's right. That's exactly what he put in place, and and it it happened, and it worked, and it was a beautiful picture for us Mm. of his provision and his um, faithfulness and sustaining grace. You use the term stack the deck for your children. Yes. Are there some tangible examples of that? Are you talking about just bringing them here and having them available, or were there certain things you felt like you implemented? Well, of course, having them here and having them available and, and being a part of things that are going on um, here with with godly friends, with godly adults who will um, walk beside them and lead mm-hmm. them, and all of that is very important. Mm-hmm. But just in the home, just always speaking of things of the Lord, always mm-hmm. um I mean, when they were younger, of course, we were, you know, reading books and memorizing scripture and that kind of thing. But as they grew older, we we just talked about things um, in light of the Lord and what His perfect plan is. Whether we can make it happen that way mm-hmm. or it happens that way for us isn't always the case. But this is this is what we're shooting for. Yeah, mm. this is where we're trying to be. This is who we're trying to be. Um, and then just, you know, just always just praying together and talking together. I always told my girls, there is nothing we can't talk about. Mm. Whatever it is, it does not matter. We can talk about it. Yep. And that was always important to us um, and still is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just, just pointing them to Christ yeah. because there's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, for stability and for... Um, just living to point people to Christ and to just make the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
That's a really good word. Um, man, we want to say thank you to you guys for your willingness. It's one thing to tear, tell your story and to share it with people you know around you and loving you, but for you guys <laughs> to come on here and be willing to talk about your story and the ways that God provided through the church. It's just a beautiful way to celebrate uh, what Christ has accomplished for us in inviting us into yes. this new family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it brings him a lot of glory. So we're, we're grateful, Karen, for the way that you have uh, raised these girls mm-hmm. that we get to to, to see and, and benefit, benefit from, from their ministry. Yeah. We and said it at the same time. We did. <laughs> One mind, right? Oh, being the church, the church being the church. All things here. in common. <laughs> We're grateful for your faith. I mean, that's the word I think mm-hmm. of when I hear you talk about your story. Uh, the Lord gave you faith mm-hmm. and you leaned in the more he gave you. So thank you for that. And then Kelly, I'm just really proud of you mm-hmm. and who you are and the call that God's placed on your life um, and the way that you're faithful to to see it through. It's a really beautiful thing. Um, we want to thank you for listening to the yes. Shades Family Ministry Podcast again with us uh, today. And we do want to encourage you the whole premise of this podcast. And after this episode, mm-hmm. we're going to start leaning in to your questions. So you can submit your questions at www.shades.org slash podcast. Yes. And we're going to start to look at some of those questions that you submit, and we're going to uh, begin to form our episodes after those questions. Mm-hmm. And so we do want to encourage you to go there, subscribe, submit your questions, mm-hmm. and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what those are and bringing people in who know what they're talking about <laughs> and can answer those questions we always say, this as we make jokes an... on the side. <laughs> Um, we so, are the court jester. <laughs> we are the court jester. <laughs> we are the court jester. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us for the Family Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>